Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> uh, it's tough to put a finger on. It's tough to say what you know, what the problem is as far as. Bring it like we're supposed to. You know they play like they, you know they lost ten straight, and we play like we won ten straight. So uh, we just have to find a way. Why that that playing like you guys won ten straight? I mean, I I don't think that was our attitude, but that's just how we played the game. You know, we didn't. We went the aggressive. They came in very aggressive. They made shots early, and uh, you you get a team like that that come in and has it easy and makes shots. It gives those guys confidence, and it was a long game for us. I want to win. I don't care how I'm playing. I just want to win. Um, uh, that's what I'm, you know, frustrated about. That's what I voiced, you know, a couple weeks ago. You know, I don't do anything to win. And, you know, I, I know we have the pieces uh, to win. I mean, we just got to find out, find a way. Celtics blow it to the worst team in the league right now. They lose to the New York Knicks 101-95. to That's why we're going to break it all down. <sighs> Garden Report, CLNS Radio, and Celtics Blog. All right, I'm Jared Weiss. With me, as always, Jimmy Toscano, and a newcomer to the show, Zach Cox from Nesson.com. Zach, yeah, welcome aboard, me, buddy. Wow, awesome. we're gonna, good to be on board. We're gonna beard it up tonight. Although it looks yeah, like yeah. your beard's been trimmed yeah, down a little work bit. I didn't know that he was gonna be on the show. I would have kept mine. Dang. Got the whole copper thing going yeah. here. It's pretty nice. Uh, so we're gonna break this one down. Just it, joking. I, I can't grow a beard. So, anyways, <laughs> the beard's been painted on this entire time, <laughs> all four seasons. So we're going to talk about this game because why wouldn't we? It's a post-game show. Yes. It got it was really ugly and then got really exciting at the last second here. But the Celtics, eh. the Celtics just they couldn't really compete with a team that was on a 10-game winning streak. Losing which, streak. I'm sorry, yeah. losing streak. I forgot, it's not the next to two years ago. Um, Carmelo Anthony barely even played in this game. Before the game, we weren't even sure if he was going to play, and he was in the starting lineup. He barely even played. He had 40 minutes. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. He was <laughs> barely going to play in <laughs> this game, and then ended up playing a ton. That was a bad faux pas there. Yeah. Ended up playing 39 minutes, 27 yeah. seconds. So he went all out tonight. And there was a superstar on the other side, or supposed superstar on the other side of the court there that did not go all out. That was Rajon Rondo. Jimmy, first off, what's going on with Rondo? Wow, I I, I wish I had that answer. Um, This game, it's kind of the same as it's been in some past games. If you go back and look at the last eight or so, you can go go back a little further. He's just not aggressive. He's not taking the shots. You can't score if you don't shoot the ball. It's really that simple. I get it, he's making great passes sometimes to Zeller and he's making the right passes, but there are just some points in a game where you have to create your own offense, you have to take the shot, and you have to be you have to be your own offense. You can't rely on somebody else to do it for you. 
and it's to the point now where he's just not even shooting the ball. Three shots tonight. Uh, you can go back the game before that. He, I think he had like 11 shots in the last game, but a couple before that, it was just like it was the same thing. Low shot output. Um, I just don't think he's being aggressive, and the Celtics need him to be much more aggressive. Brad Stevens said he's told him, you know, we need we need you to be more aggressive. And when he told him that, he took 17 shots back to back. But it was just like that was it. After that and before that, there wasn't much going on. So Zach, I mean, what did you see tonight as far as the offense was concerned? Why couldn't they get a spark? I mean, it's tough. I and mean, this is the issue when you have, uh, when Rondo is your key kind of superstar player because he's not the kind of guy that's known for making his own offense. He loves the whole facilitation thing. He's, and I mean, he's working terrifically with, with Zeller. I mean, you saw that again tonight. Zeller had, what was it, 19 points. But you just need to, it's, it's a tough kind of situation because you want Rondo to be that number one guy that's going to really power the offense. But He's also kind of not really wired that way. And you'll see, he, yeah, you'll, like Jimmy said, he'll turn it on for two games, and then he'll just shut it back down. I mean, this was the second, I think it was the fifth time in his last eight games he's had two or fewer points. And it was the third time in two games, or second time in two and ga- three games that he's taken yep. three shots. He's just, it's, it's something he's got to do. He's got to power through. But it's also just, it's why everybody says that Rondo needs another kind of a-lister with him. And you're talking about max players because Rondo supposedly considers himself to be a max player and, and Danny Ainge has even said that, you know, based on his past, he could be considered a max player. Well, Kamal Anthony is a max player. And I know a max player for Melo is more money than a max player for Rondo. And you don't really want to compare yourself to Melo because Melo hasn't won anything in his career. He's kind of faded off when it, when it matters. But the one thing Melo does is he can score and he can close out. He's a closer. He can close games. He gets the ball at the end of games. You know he's going to get the ball. And you have to put your best defender on him. And, and you have to really give it your best shot. With Rondo, that's not the case. I mean, he's not part of, he's not really not part of the play unless he's inbounding the ball or, or you know whether he's the middleman in, in the play for, for the end of the game. So I just think that's the difference with a guy like Rondo and a guy like Melo or you know Kobe or you know some of those some of those max guys is that they are the closers. You know, Dwight Howard aside, he's a game changer in his own way. But at the end of the game, those the ball is in those guys' hands, and it's just not in Rondo's hand. And tonight, we saw it again. The Celtics got it to within five, and they really had nowhere to go with it. I kind of my biggest question in the night, and I don't know if you guys agree, was coming out of a timeout. Brad Stevens went with Rondo and Pressy in the game, and good. Marcus Thornton sitting on the on the sidelines. He's your probably your best three point shooter, and he hit a couple big shots tonight. Why wasn't he in the game at that point? Well, I thought it was the perimeter ball pressure. And that was something that was really important for the Celtics when they were successful, is that they had really strong ball pressure. They forced turnovers, they picked off passes, and they got into their transition game, which is pretty much their only offensive strength right now, besides the pick and roll with Seller and Rondo. And they were able to do that to a decent degree tonight when they were making that comeback late in the fourth quarter. A lot of that was Pressy and Rondo rotating around, double teaming, picking off passes and getting into the break. And so I thought that was probably a good call, but they still but needed more out of a shooting. Timeout, yeah. There's no, there's no transition right it's there. The way it almost always takes away two because yeah, Pressy, you're not going to give the ball to. Right. In, I, I don't know why Pressy was out in the game. I get Ron, I guess any runner, but why, why is Pressy in the game in that situation? Put Marcus Thorne out there. At least he can park himself at the three-point line and draw a defender that way. But instead, you have Green. I think it was Green inbound. No, Olenek inbounded to Green. Green handed off to Olenek, and Olenek airballed the three. I don't really know what Rondo and Pressy were doing at that time, but I know that they weren't part of the play at all, but at least if Thornton's in there, he's an option. And obviously the Olenek shot wasn't a great one because he didn't catch anything. It seems like maybe that was more of a defensive game plan in a short time frame where they needed offense, where yeah. scoring was the priority. They had another timeout after that, I'm pretty sure. I just don't, I, I thought that 
Thornton would have gone back out there out of the time. I agree. No, I agree with you. I'm trying to understand why Steven said yeah. that. It didn't. That was a game play move that didn't make a lot of sense. Probably another game play move that didn't make sense was keeping Jared Soldier in this game pretty much at all. It was one of his <laughs> worst games in memory. And not only did he not score at all, and he went 0 for 6 from the field, but Amari ate him alive on the other end. Amari looked like he was still in Phoenix there, Zach. I mean, what did you see going on there? He really did. I mean, you saw, even later in the game, Zeller did a relatively good job on Amari. He, I think he blocked him three times in the last two minutes. But Solinger just could not, he couldn't handle him whatsoever. And just and on the offensive end, he's, he's a kind of big that's supposed to score, that's supposed to really kind of stretch out the offense, be able to get those perimeters, uh, those threes, those deep twos. He wasn't doing a, th a, a thing tonight. He was the worst game I've seen him play in a long, long time, certainly this season. Yeah, Brad Stevens said after the game, like, they need to get him going. They need, you know, he needs to be a part of their offense in order for them to win games, which is 110% true. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to part two. We'll pick up this conversation more, but we want to keep the videos relatively short. So before we go, remember to like the Garden Report on Facebook, to download the podcasts on iTunes, download the CLNS Radio post-game show on iTunes, and also I want to give a shout-out to Bianca over at Mario Russo for the sweet-ass haircut. So we'll be back for part two of the Garden Report. That's good. Well, the energy so far has been been good. I think we uh, have to get this win tonight. Uh, it's gonna you know, kind of get a, get a fresh start, you know. And we feel like we now can get that that boulder off our back uh, and continue to try to play well and keep getting these wins. You know, we, we stayed together. You know, even though we lost a lot of games in, the, in that stretch, we, we stayed together. We persevered. We talked it out. Um, I think now getting this win tonight. Uh, it's a good win for us. We want to keep keep getting wins. Um, I, I thought they I thought they did some good things. I thought Rondo, you know, especially right out of the gate, was looking to make plays and got into the paint and made plays for others. And um, you know, uh, and and obviously rebounded the ball. You know, Sully's a really good player who's had a couple tough games in a row. And so, um, you know, I think the the most important thing we can do is um, encourage him, but. Um, we certainly need him um, to be to be good, and uh, but you know there were there, there's a lot of things when you when you lose a game that that factor into losing the game, and so you know I, I don't think it's any any one person's play or any two people's play. It's a collective effort, um, win or lose. It's kind of a relief, you know. You can you know, win a game, you know, after you know nine, ten games slid. Um, on the road, you know, it's, it's a big win for us. Regardless of what's happening right now, for us to come together as a team on, on this road, uh, last game on the road trip, and pull this game out, it's a big win for us. Um, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, you know, I just try to you know, take what the defense gives me tonight. Um, you know, get us in our sets. Um, they did a pretty good job. Like I said, we was taking the ball out of the net for the most part when I was in the game the whole time. We're going to find a way to get stops, play against a set defense. Um, I came down, coach came down, we called plays, and we just let the offensive flow. When you go one game 17 shots and another game three, is that mostly because of what the Celtics are doing, or is that what the, what the team is doing? Um, I think when I'm most, you know, at my best, when I'm the most aggressive is when we're getting stops defensively. Uh, I think the last time when I shot 17 back-to-back um, -back was against, I think, Lakers and Washington. And those games in particular, we were able to get stops first half especially and uh, I took those shots. Part two now let's continue this Jared Solinger conversation so Jimmy where he picked up we were talking about 
what the heck was that against Morris Sotomayor? And Sotomayor was just all over him. He was moving him off the block. He was getting position for offensive rebounds. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of kind of like backdoor cuts by Sotomayor too. It was, it was kind of like a I don't know, like a Gordon Gearcheck almost. Stoudemire turned the clock back on yeah. Sullinger tonight. He looked like Phoenix Sun Stoudemire. And unfortunately for the Knicks, they're not going to get that out of him every game, so they shouldn't get too excited over what Stoudemire did tonight. What I'm worried about Jared Sullinger is this. If he's struggling on offense, is that translating to him struggling on defense? Is he letting that get to him? And when he goes 0 for whatever it was, 0 for 6 tonight, and he's struggling offensively and it goes back a couple games, is he, I don't want to see him moping on the defensive end. I don't want to see, I'm not saying that he is, but I, I hope that's not just in his mind. I hope he's not thinking while he's playing defense, you know, what the heck is wrong with my shot right now? Or he's getting frustrated and he's letting Amari Stoudemire get into his head because every time I looked at Stoudemire, he was up above the rim, tipping in shots, putting up, you know, getting rebounds over him and stuff like that. And, and Zeller too. I mean, I, I think it was a good game from Stoudemire, but just com combined by the fact that Selinger has been struggling and did struggle tonight, it just made it look that much worse. Yeah, uh, kind of branching off of that, I remember uh, Rondo said after tonight's game how when he was talking about his offensive struggles, that when the defense isn't there, the offense isn't there for him. Mm -hmm. He kind of feeds off of right. defensive stops, not only from himself, but from the team as a whole, because the way they can just get the ball, bring it right down the court, mm -hmm. he can kind of set the pace himself rather than having to let those guys get back there and set themselves. And I think that works from a game plan uh, right. standpoint and also from a mental standpoint. I mean, if you're, it's, it's not like, like baseball or something where it's kind of a segmented game. You're playing, you're playing defense and offense just nonstop right. all the time. So it's natural for that to creep into you and into, like, for one part to creep into the other part. But I mean, it can't, you can't let you it. You can't let it affect can't you let that it do much. Like that, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying too. And the thing is, Solinger's a guy that usually thrives in the trenches, getting mixed right. up, mm -hmm. muscling guys out, being in position. And you would expect him to kind of get beat one on one a lot of instances, maybe miss a rotation or something like that. But it was really a lot of it was just Stoudemire kind of getting into the spot when he needed to, and Solinger just couldn't really get him off the spot. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of that is experience too. And I know Soldier's been in the league a few years now, but Stoudemire's been around the block, you know, for a while. And I just think he used some of his old school moves against against Sully. And, and I usually think that Sully's defense goes into his offense. I think he's kind of like Rondo in that sense, where you know he'll come up in transition. Maybe he's the trailer, and he'll spot up and he'll drain a three, or he'll be the trailer and, and he'll pick up the trash and he'll put up the the fall up rebound. So I I don't think that that's been the issue with him, but I just. I, don't, I really don't. I don't think anybody really knows what just happened like that, where all of a sudden he just doesn't look himself out there. It's like Kelly Olynyk syndrome creeping around the locker right. room. Apparently, it must be contagious. So, uh, and I mean Avery Bradley was out sick tonight, so I guess they hit him pretty hard. Uh, but Carmelo Anthony, Jeff Green, that was the marquee matchup mm -hmm. tonight. They both had the exact same shooting numbers, and they both scored 20 plus points. But Green at 28. He's actually now scoring 20 points per game, a number that we've talked about a lot with Jeff. Mm -hmm. Zach, we'll start with you since you've never talked about it with us. I mean, how, how, do you think Jeff Green won that matchup tonight? I mean, it's hard to say you won a, uh, you won a matchup when you lost the game. But... Sound like just Jeff Green talking there. <laughs> <laughs> so I said a few it's more words. Right it's true. But, <laughs> yeah. not just... What I'm most impressed with, with with Green is just the consistency that we're seeing from him that we really have never ever seen it's he's been he's been here for what now six seven years and we've seen flashes of this kind of stuff I mean he, he, he 28 points it was a it was a, a good game a respectable game not a uh, like the who, who was it the game that he played was it the Cavaliers game earlier this year when he went off for 35 or whatever he had that yeah. real kind of breakout game this wasn't that but it was a very good game and it was 
what you'd like to see from Jeff Green on a relatively nightly basis and what you have been seeing from him this yeah. year. I think he did win the matchup tonight. I mean, any, any time you hold Carmelo Anthony at 22 points, which is about his average, that's a win. If you shoot the same percentage as, as Melo, that's a win. I mean, because when you go into the game, yeah, Melo supposedly had the left knee injury. Didn't look like it affected him that much. Green was in his face. I mean, they used to put bass on, on Melo because they didn't have anybody else to guard him. Remember that? You remember that? that? And um, now, that, now that Green's in there, I know pregame, Brad Stevens said like the only difference if Melo did or didn't play was that we have to have certain guys in the game to guard Melo at those times. Otherwise, he's going to score. And I think Green proved tonight that he was you know, one of those guys that could stop Melo. If they play 82 games, does Green outplay Melo for 42 of them? I don't think so. But on this night, he did. And he did have that Tomahawks or windmill slam. That was sick. Awesome. That was something we don't but see often. But it drives me off the freaking wall that he doesn't drive Careful to the there. hoop more. <laughs> yeah. When he throws down, honestly, when the, he had the ball in his hand up here, and by the time it got down here, it was like .001 seconds. I didn't see somebody dunk it that fast in real life in a very long time. Mm. Like, if I could do that, I would literally just be <laughs> taking two gigantic steps to the rim and just being like the stretch Armstrong and just dunking in every time. I mean, he looks and like stretch Armstrong. it just makes Armstrong. me mad. Crazy mad. He kind of looks. He doesn't do it. He kind of looks like MJ at the end of Space Jam, where all the monsters are holding him and just keep stretching out. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Green could probably dunk from half court if he really needed to. But you know, the th- he the thing that's need to. so he should try that. I would say that Jeff Green in this little streak here, where he's become pretty consistent in dropping twenty a night, a big change that he has made is that he used to when he would make his drives down the right lane, he would keep fading away from the mm. the hoop and throw just like trying to throw the ball at the High top of the, the class. Glass, yeah. He was air. I mean, you're getting glass, but you're air ball. You're missing rim like half the time. He's now making that second step in back towards the rim, mm. and he's getting to the line a lot right, more. And that's contact. the big difference. He's 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 making that move to the rim instead of away from it. Um, and he's he's starting to go left a little bit more, mm-hmm. which has always been an issue for him. Uh, tonight he had one amazing move where he, I think he kind of weaved back, kind of back and forth through traffic, got to the left side of the rim where a defender was ready for him, but he had the shot and he didn't use his left hand. And if he had used his left hand, it would have been an easy basket. But instead, he went up with the right and he got rejected. Right yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. he he needs that left hand. We've talked about that forever. He's I think he's late enough in his career that that's kind of those are one of the things you're just not expecting to happen yeah. anymore. Pierce knew it. Pierce yeah. started him. In uh, Washington, yeah, and he, yeah, he just sat he on that right, sat on, and he yeah. still went right, and he drew the and Pierce drew the charge, and everyone was saying, everyone saw it coming. Yeah. Like, everybody saw it coming. Especially Paul Pierce. Yeah. Okay, so quickly, let's get out of here. Box and ball time. Uh, I'll just start. So my boxing outside of the night is Jared Solinger. Zero points. I mean, that was ugly. Uh, we already covered that, so I guess one more would be Celtics never led in the second half of this game against an awful team. My stat is two. That's the amount of points Roger Rondo had tonight. And if you go back to the last eight games, in five of them, he scored two or less points. That's ugly. My stat of the night is 124-12. That is the date of the last game that Jared Sollinger was held scoreless in the game that he played in. So, almost three three years ago. Double Sollinger trouble right here. That's not too pretty. So, for me, baller Amari Sadomire, because of pretty much everything, besides me dropping my pen, everything that we covered in the first half of this video, thank you. I couldn't do it without you. Baller? I'm just going to – I agree. I think Sadomire was the guy tonight for them. Inside presence down low. I don't think you can. I don't think you can argue with that. I mean, we can say other people. We can say Jeff Green. We right. can say uh, honorary Zeller, ballers. Jeff Green, Mello. I mean, we could say Marcus Thornton if we really wanted to. Well, if he was in the game towards the end there and he had a chance, I think if he took the Kelly Linick three and hit that, yeah. who knows what we're talking about right now? 
That's true. Epic comeback. I win hope he gets some chances on Mark though. on yeah on Thornton's shoulders. Or even playoff Celtics. When he's in the team. game, I'm telling you, they score and they score quickly, very quickly. There was mm-hmm. a stretch there in the end of the second quarter, or I think it was the end of the second quarter, towards the end mm-hmm. of the second quarter, where he was he's put in five straight just like that. So he's finally doing Marcus Thornton do things. Yeah. Okay, I, know, I know we have to get out of here, but just yeah, on that, that Olympic three, you want a guy that gets you that two for one quick three. You're gonna put it in Kelly Olynyk's hands, where you know he's not. You can't put the ball on the floor really well. Oh, yeah. Give it to Marcus Thornton. He's a quick dribbler. Yeah. He can get off an off balance shot. You're you're totally right there. I agree with you. I guess matchup wise, lineup wise, that'd be a problem because Make it you work, only have though. a couple plays. Make it but work. Yeah. You're on offense. You don't play to the defense. That's exactly true. All right. Well, we don't play to the audience, so we're getting out of here now. Yes, we do. Thank you to everyone. We love you. I love you so much. Watch our show, like stuff, whatever. Guard report. We're out of here. CLNS Radio and Celtics blog. We will see you next time. I mean, um, you know, it was just uh, desperate. I mean, I guess uh, we we really wanted to win. We really need um, like to get to have a game, you know, just to get a W under our belt and just get that momentum going. And uh, thankfully, you know, just getting diving for loose balls, uh, getting extra possessions, getting stops we needed uh, to really keep us. Tight.